So back again, still on this topic of spiritual stability. For today, I'd like us to talk about specifically how do we get there? So so what does it look like for the believer to get to the point where they're seeing spiritual stability? So so how do I how do I get to that point? Where do I where do I develop these things in my life and, and now here I am, I'm a stable person. What does that look like, Paul? Well, I think it's important to note that st- spiritual stability is not a result of your own personality or disposition. I think that's a common misconception that 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 there are some people who are just going to be calmer in the face of circumstances, and and there are uh, some people who are just more naturally nervous. That might be true, but that's not really an excuse. We should all be pursuing this kind of stability. Yeah, it's not what we're talking about. I mean, there is a, a genuine a disposition that people may have, but right. that's not spiritual stability. Right, and that's even something that you've got to seek to grow through. That We all have strengths and weaknesses that have been, uh, you know, I think some people would like to blame the Lord on that. Oh, God made me this way, but in a lot of ways, some of that might be true, but in a lot of ways, our personality, our disposition is the result of, thousands if not millions of choices that we've made it's the result of what we've been trained in in our family upbringing and other circumstances and uh so it's not that we have to be that way in fact when it comes to spiritual stability spiritual stability is the fruit of of training in our life it's the fruit of maturity in our life I think one of the key passages is Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4 talks about maturing to spiritual adulthood. So you're not uh, tossed around by waves and carried about by winds of doctrine and, and not deceived by human cunning. Uh, but this whole passage starts off with talking about how God has given his gifts to the church. In particular, he's, he's given pastor teachers to the church to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. So all of this starts with God saying, I've made provision in a healthy church. I've made provision for you so that you can be spiritually trained and equipped. And then he goes on to talk about part of that training and equipping is training you out of instability and training you into stability. Uh, and, and, And so... The, the influence of truth-saturated spiritual leadership in your life uh, it is a growing stability. So this isn't just a matter of disposition. Uh, you might have a certain disposition or personality or common temptations that, that tempt you to be unstable, but that doesn't mean you have to be unstable. In fact, it means that you need to be more proactive in, in, in being equipped so that you can be stable. And I think a really important point that that believers need to understand is that in the context of Ephesians chapter 4, which is maybe the most important passage in the New Testament on this issue of stability, maybe, in the context of Ephesians 4, this kind of growth and this kind of stability takes place within the context of the local church. Uh, it, It is a result of equipping 
and it takes place within the context of the body life of the church. Uh, this is not something that you say, okay, I'm going to go get stable on my own, and then I'm going to reintroduce myself to the life of the church. No, this is this is growing alongside of brothers and sisters in the church under the Word of God together. That's really the context in which this kind of stability is supercharged. So he talks about right there in the beginning, you know, the of Ephesians four. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, the Ephesians four, the importance of those gifted individuals that the Lord has blessed the church with to equip the saints for the work of ministry. And so how do we think through that even as we think about equipping? So so stability comes through equipping. So this is not just I go to the pastor and the elders and the guy who's shepherding me for every single thing in my life, right? I'm being equipped by those guys so that I can then develop maturity. Is that what this passage is talking about? Yeah, I think so. Part of the equipping is I'm equipping it, it through the teaching and leading in the truth. I'm equipping people to handle life in a Christ-like fashion. So if you need to call the pastor, call the pastor, call, call me. And if I can answer the phone, I'll answer the phone. And if I can't, I'll get back to you just as soon as I can, I promise. Uh, if you email me, that might be a little longer. It might take a little longer because more people than just our church people have my email address. Uh, it's mainly just our church people who have my phone number. But, uh, um, but, but if, if you need help addressing the issues of life, you, you, you need to talk to spiritual leaders or, or just other people in the church about that. But part of what the church should be equipping people to do is to handle the circumstances of life in a Christ-like way, to, to be stable in those circumstances. And that's, I mean, that's part of the reason why, at least in our church, we place such a premium on the preaching of God's Word and the teaching of clear biblical principles, is that we want to, we want to to equip people to know how to be faithful, to know how to be steadfast in their circumstances. And you do that just one truth at a time. You do that by opening up God's word and teaching God's word. And somebody say, well, somebody might say, well, this isn't really relevant to me right now. Well, it might be one day. And, and, and listen, true expository preaching is not just giving you facts about a passage. It, it is drawing you closer to the God who revealed that passage. And it's helping you to understand the character of God and the mind of God and the requirements of God. And what that does is, over time, that kind of exposure to the glory of God as revealed in Scripture, it makes you more stable because your circumstances don't seem as big when you've got a big view of God. Uh, all of a sudden, your circumstances don't seem so insurmountable because you've been armed with clarity from Scripture, not just some silly little platitudes about the Christian life. You know, th this kind of equipping, it's, it's not reactionary. It's proactive. I'm proactively equipping people with a full-orbed Christian theology so that as they deepen their understanding of truth, their faith goes right down deep with their understanding. And now all of a sudden, they get hit with the circumstances of life, maybe something that early in their Christian life, or even before they are believers, uh, something that might have happened that would have sent them into a downward spiral. Now all of a sudden, they can interpret those circumstances based on these truths that they've been 
receiving a steady diet of for for a long period of time within the context of the church. And not only are they receiving a steady diet of it, but they've got other believers who are growing in the same way, and they've got other believers who can supplement their weaknesses. They've got other believers who can help provide stability for them when they're unstable. And that's a huge benefit that Christians give up on uh, a, a lot and just ignore. Sometimes when you're struggling to be stable, the, the stability of other believers, just, just being with people who are trusting the Lord when you're struggling to trust the Lord, uh, it, it, it is a huge benefit. I remember a while back I went to a, a, a funeral. It was a friend of mine's family member. I didn't know the person who died, uh, but, but I was there to support my friend. And um, there were a number of family members who got up to say things about the deceased and you know, they get up and you get emotional and start crying. And as somebody would cry, a family member would get up and just go stand next to the person who was trying to say their remarks. And, and the family member wouldn't take over. The family member wouldn't say the remarks. The family member just stood there, maybe put an arm around shoulder, but, but just stood there. And the mere fact that there was somebody standing next to you that, that was not uh, 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 emotional in that moment was stable. It, it it allowed the person speaking to to gain the composure to finish saying what they needed to say, and then they went and sat down. And what was interesting to me is the next family member would come up to say something, and it would be the person who was standing up there composed a minute ago. Now they're up there crying, and the person who was crying before would get up there and stand next to the next family member and say, "Okay, you were here for me, and now I'm going to help you by being stable here for you." And I and I was just watching that, thinking, one, what a sweet family, and two. What a picture of the church. What a picture of the church. I need to strive to be more stable in my own walk with the Lord so I can help my other brothers and sisters who are struggling with that very thing. And, and, and so this kind of stability, it, it is going to come in your life as you're a part of a healthy church that's teaching the truth and you're with other believers that are pursuing maturity. So it sounds like you're saying that we should go to church and, yes. then, and then pay attention yes. when the pastor's preaching because you might need that truth one day, even though, yes, you know, stick it in your spiritual bank because yeah. you not might just your, not just your notebook, ex- make a deposit. Exactly. Because you might need to make a withdrawal at some point yeah. in the future on that very issue. And I think, I mean, even your funeral reference there, we we're talking about when we're facing difficulty and we're facing instability, is oftentimes not with that we're, you know, anything but forgetful of what God is doing and what he's done for us. And there, there needs to be that reminder of the truth in the forefront. Because yep. you're not angry at God. Maybe you don't, you don't hate God. But in the face of that temptation, you've just forgotten, yeah. you've forgotten the God that you serve. You know, uh, forgetting God is the, the first step towards hating God hmm. and uh, becoming bitter towards God. And sometimes we just need reminders, you know, and uh, sometimes we just need to say some of our unstable comments out loud in front of other believers who can say, brother, I love you and and I just want to help you. And and that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard, (laughs) you know, and 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 we need that in our life. We want affirmation all the time. We want to be affirmed that the crisis that we think is the worst thing that's ever happened actually is the right, the worst thing that's ever happened. But what we really need is, is, is loving brothers. And this comes back to Ephesians 4, who will speak the truth in love to us. So I need the church. I need the truth. What else? How else am I growing up? 
instability. Well, I think it's interesting to me, Ephesians 4.14, it says, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by every by by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine by human cunning by craftiness and deceitful schemes i think there's some some factors in in instability that you can identify here Uh, one of them is weak faith leads to instability in your christian life Uh, paul talks about being tossed to and fro by waves that same language James uses in James chapter 1, where he talks about a person who does not believe is like someone who's tossed by the waves of the sea. Okay, so now we recognize that this metaphor is pointing to a weakness in faith that views your circumstances as more determinative over your life than God is. Or to put it even more simply, your circumstances become bigger than God. And that starts to drive your life. Your circumstances are driving your life and your responses and the way you feel, your emotions. And and it's driving all of those things more than your faith in who God is. And so uh, instability uh, is the product of weak faith and unbelief. And, And so if if we're looking to be more stable, more resilient to adverse circumstances, more consistent in our spiritual walk, to be able to endure more, then you got to start at that level of faith so that what's driving your life is your trust for the Lord and what he's revealed in Scripture, not the waves of your circumstances tossing you to and fro. So it matters then what you listen to. I mean, you have to you have to make sure that what you're taking in, uh, what you are hearing, the things that you're pursuing, are faith building and not filled with error or filled yep. with the worldly worldly wisdom. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think with that, as you're developing faith, another thing that's interesting is that in this verse, Ephesians four fourteen. Uh, Paul also says that that the immature, unstable person is carried about by every wind of doctrine. And and what I would say, if you wanted to summarize that point, I think you could summarize that point by saying, this is a convictionless person. There are no deep rooted convictions. Like every wind of doctrine just kind of comes along. You know, to put it in modern day terms, you hear the latest podcast. Every new view on this or that comes along, and all of a sudden you're changing your view on it. Whatever the last thing you heard is, that is your new position. And, and what that is, is it's, it's a symptom of not having any spiritual convictions. That, that you could be moved off of something so easily that you, you saw a, a, a 20-minute YouTube video and now all of a sudden your entire theology is changed? That just tells me you didn't have a theology before. It's a very convincing video. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Obviously, it's none of the videos that, that, that we put out. <laughs> it's much more convincing than that. Uh, but, but this is an individual who's not driven by conviction. 
uh, a wind blows. So, so you might think of the wind here as just any kind of influence comes along and all of a sudden you're moved off of your convictions. You're moved off of how you were living your life before. And, uh, you know, what, what happens is if, if that's you, you'll quickly become a very indecisive person. It'll take you forever to make decisions. Um, and when you make decisions, you won't be certain of those things, in part because the winds are always blowing in different directions. And you didn't make your decision and you're not thinking through the whole thing based on what are my convictions about the truth? What do I think is most honoring to the Lord? What do I think is right? Instead, you're making decisions usually based on other selfish motives. What will people think of me? What will be best for me? Rather than just, hey, where's the need? I'll meet it. Uh, you're, you're saying what, what would end up being the best for me? And, and, and you're having trouble making decisions because you have that, what do they call it now, fear of missing out, the, the FOMO. Is that the phrase? Oh, I don't, I don't know. Is we're that, we're, we're dinosaurs, saying? dude. Yeah, I think that's a thing. I think that's a thing. I don't know. Uh, we'll hear about it later. I deleted my Twitter account. We're we're good. Yeah, I I think that's a thing. But <laughs> uh, what that is is it's a, just a lack of conviction on how to live life. You know, I think I think as believers, we need to basically have the conviction that if I see something that needs to be done and it's in my power to do something about that, I need to do it. You know, Ephesians two ten, where His workmanship created. Uh, in Christ Jesus for the good works which he prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So if I see a good work, if I see a need, I need I see something that needs to be done and it's within my power to do it, I should do it. I should do it. I mean, even the simplest little things. If 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 I see if I'm at church and I see that the trash needs to be taken out and it's within my power to do it and it would take me five minutes to do it and everybody drives by the dumpster and sees there's a dumpster in the back. You know, you go take it out. I said that to somebody one time, and they're like, yeah, but I don't know where the trash bags are. And I was, well, I bet you as a grown person that you can figure that out. They're usually under the sink. Um, they're usually under the sink. So start there. But I bet you can figure that out. But it's, it's just a mentality of saying, I want to do what's right. I want to do what's useful to the Lord. If I see a need, I want to meet it. I may not be able to meet it, but I want to. Rather than saying... You know what? Uh, I'm I, I want to do what would be best for me. And that opens your life up to all kinds of different winds uh, uh, of influences that that can lead to instability in your life. Um, so so I think there's a couple factors. There is instability comes from unbelief. Uh, instability comes from a lack of conviction, which is kind of two different ways of saying the same thing. Uh, and then Paul also says in verse 14 that you can also be carried away by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Um, I think the idea there is that instability goes hand in hand with a lack of discernment, with a lack of discernment. If you want to be stable in your life, start to grow in your powers of discernment, discernment about circumstances, discernment about different teachings, uh, a, a discerning believer will be a stable believer. And then so this last principle here, uh, this hope that we have in Christ, that ultimately all of this, all of this is going to, the stability that we get is coming from, from coming from our Savior. So speak, speak to that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, Jesus is the founder and perfecter of our faith. He is our stability. And so, the, the, the kind of 
umbrella over all that we're talking about here is that spiritual stability comes through holding on to Christ. Christ was the the most steadfast, stable, formidable man who ever lived. And and if we're constantly looking to Christ rather than our circumstances, then then that is going to produce stability in our life. He he's the anchor that holds us in place and we have to constantly keep coming back to Christ and and recognizing he is good, he does good, he's the savior of my soul, which means I can trust him to be sovereign over my circumstances. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of Informing Your Faith. Uh, For additional free resources, please visit our website, informingyourfaith.org, and connect with us on social media. We'd love to hear from you. And also leave us a review. It's a great way for others to find their way to the podcast. And that's it for now. And remember, faith comes by hearing one verse at a time.